I was just going to say before I almost had to tackle Jack from walking away, um, I was just going to say that song, Jesus Loves Me, um, it's a song we remember as, as children, and uh, God's moving in our children. Um, and, and so I want to just give you a heads up. I kind of talked to them uh, last week and, and, and today, and uh, um, as we go forward and in, in, in involving our kids, you've, you've seen them lighting the candles and taking up the offering, but they're also going to be working on, um, in fact, could you just give a big hand for Judy back there? She's hiding behind the back door. <laughs> Sunday school teacher. But, but she is going to be helping them, and I'm going to be working with them, and we're going to, about once a month, as we get going, do a little skit that kind of has something to do with the message, and, and so uh, just to kind of get them involved, and they're excited, um, and so if you could be praying for our children, because uh, our church grows through our children, amen? Yeah. Amen. All right, thank you. Judy is going to get me for that later. <laughs> well, my message today is called Leaving the Mountain. For a weary traveler, the mountains are alluring, and often um, they offer many things, as they did for the Israelites um, after they left Egypt and crossed the Red Sea. It had been nearly three months since they left the bondage in Egypt, and the Israelites came to the wilderness of Sinai, and that's where God spoke to them from the mountain, Mount Sinai. Exodus 19, 2, verse 3. Says, so, when, so Israel camped there before the mountain, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain. See, the mountain would serve as a refuge for the Israelites. Its backdrop would protect them from the vulnerable feeling of being scattered across the flat land as they, as they, as they traveled through the desert. It would also give them rest from their journey. But the greatest thing about this stop at the mountain was that God provided at the mountain. It was here at Mount Sinai where God gave the Ten Commandments to His people. In fact, God gave Moses the entire law, 613 commandments, which I think Rich had, had to memorize when he was younger, right, Rich? <laughs> 613 entire commandments uh, that, that govern the life of the Israelites. and They set a standard of holiness. Thus, the mountain became a defining place in their travels. Likewise, for us, there are defining times and places where we hear God's voice give us clear direction. Certainly, there are times we feel vulnerable, like the Israelites did, wandering across open flat land. But there's that mountain experience when we sense God's voice talking to us and giving us clear direction. We sense His hand of support, and we walk in favor and blessings for a season. This connection to God serves as a foundation where we find success for a season. But while these mountain-like experiences offer us rest and protection and joy, we must also come to realize that our journey is not yet complete. We still have work to do for God. That's why He has not come back for us yet. There's still work to be done in the earth today. We still have a mission to fulfill. For just as God ordains our mountain experiences, He also warns us to not get so comfortable with the mountains that we fail to go forward and continue our journey. This is where the Israelites found themselves. Deuteronomy 1.6 The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb, saying, 
you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Speaking to Moses and the Israelite God, God tells them that they've been at the mountain long enough. It was beginning to cloud their vision of the promised land. They had not arrived yet. God still had more work for them to do. He still wanted to lead them further. They had become too comfortable by the familiarity and the protection that they felt from the mountain. When we become too content with where we are, we stop moving and we stop taking new ground. And we actually seem to go backwards. How many of you have ever visited Sleeping Bear Dunes up in Traverse City? How many remember a few years ago, when you could do it, walking up the top of the, of the dunes? Yeah, I remember doing it a long time ago. And when you walk up and then the sun's beating down and there's, there's no water station in sight, and you just think you stop to take a little break, you don't just stop, you actually start to go backwards. As, you, as your feet start to sink in the sand and you actually go backwards, it's, it's, it's a common you know, uh, myth to think that if I just stop, I'm okay, because sometimes we stop with the work with God, we actually go backwards. Now, I'm not talking about taking a rest, but if we're not continuing pursuing what God has for us, we can actually begin to go backwards. When we become content with where we are with God and fail to respond to the daily convictions of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not only do we stop growing, but we also lose step with God and start to become desensitized to His voice and His direction. Likewise, when we fail to continually evaluate our practices or sharpen ourselves and our methods, we risk compromising our growth and our goals to advance. With great power comes responsibility. Therefore, we must understand what God expects of us as the body of Christ in the world today. How many know that this world needs the body of Christ more than ever? Amen? And God has called upon us It's an honor that he's called upon us to advance his kingdom in the world today. We can't afford to be content in our traditions and fail to meet the changes and the new challenges of the world around us. Now, we must stay true to the word. We don't change the word to fit in the world. We continue to stand on the the uncompromised word of God. We must stay true to our vision and to our mission. But if we refuse to continually evaluate our methods, we risk failing to move forward. Philippians 3, verse 12. Paul says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. As the Apostle Paul daily evaluated his life, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he knew that he had not completed his own journey. Now Paul had one of the greatest testimonies of how God completely turned his life around. He was a murderer, and God turned his life around to be willing to to suffer daily for Jesus by spreading the gospel. Paul advanced the message through obedience to God and faithfully wrote all that God inspired him to write and sent them in letters to the churches. That's why we have much of the New Testament, because of that. Yet none of this moves, moved Paul. He didn't stop to give himself a pat on the back, back and say, hey, look, I wrote half the New Testament. He didn't do that. He, and he had an incredible things that God did in his life. But he knew that he had not arrived. He still had much work to do, even to his dying day. In fact, many of the apostles that were imprisoned continued to share the message of of God even in prison. 
There was one apostle, I believe it was Andrew, who was crucified on a, on a cross shape, on an X-shaped cross, and it took him three days to die. And during that three days, he witnessed to the people that were killing him. We still have much work to do. We have not arrived, much like Paul. In the same, it is the same that God expects for us. To not get too content in accomplishments, but to press on that we may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has laid hold of us. God implores us to not dwell too long at the mountains, to not get stuck too long doing the same things just because they are familiar and comfortable. He calls us to leave the mountain and continue our journey following Him. Deuteronomy 1.7 Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places in the plain, in the mountains and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Just as God commanded the Israelites to go to new mountains and new valley and new people and new places, God calls us to continue moving forward. He has much for us to do if we remain obedient to His call. Deuteronomy 1.8 See, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them and their descendants after them. God calls us to leave the mountain and continue the journey that He has designed for us. The inference that needs to be made clear here is that we have not arrived. We are all on a journey. However, the enemy will continually to tell us not to advance, telling us to just relax, you're doing a good job, you don't got to do anything else. He'll tell us to chill out and to be content. The enemy always tells us we don't need to change anything. We don't want to be too rough on ourselves because that might damage our self-esteem. It's not God speaking. That's the politically incorrect world. Okay? It's not about our self-esteem, it's about our self-worth that Jesus loved us enough to die for us. And so we continue to respond to that love by sharing His message in the world today. When we are tempted to stop growing, we must realize that God is not finished with us yet. If we are truly seeking the Lord, praying to know His will and staying true to His will, we realize that we must press on in the same way that Paul did. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know a lot of you know this verse. It's on a lot of walls and refrigerators and, and, and signs, but do we really understand what God is saying? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your what? Your paths. Okay? It does not say that He will direct your rest. Now, like I said before, there are times when we need to rest on God, and God's filling us up, and God's strengthening us, but we are continually, even in, especially in our hearts, we are continually pressing on. God will direct our paths. Throughout the Bible, we are commanded to go. We have not arrived. Joshua 1.8, this is from the Amplified Version, says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be successful. It is only by studying God's Word and putting His Word in our hearts 
day in and day out, that we gain direction from God. If we follow all He commands us to do, we will find success. That's His promise. Joshua 1.9. I believe this is our memory verse for today. Is it not? Yep. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay? We are not to be terrified or intimidated or afraid because we're not advancing in our own power. We're not advancing in our own strength. We're advancing by the strength of God. He sends us to go with His Spirit and with His power to advance. The promise is that God is with us wherever we go. And it's noteworthy to point out that we're not to be intimidated as we seek to go, to press on, to leave the mountains of our comfort and our familiarity. But there will be obstacles that stand in our way of advancing God's will. Some obstacles slow us down internally and some slow us down externally. Sometimes Ideologies are the greatest obstacles of leaving a mountain so that we can continue to follow God on our journey. It is human nature to work against faith and against trusting God's will, even when people think that they're doing the right thing. When God calls us to leave the familiar and begin moving forward into the unknown, there is often a tendency and a temptation to want to go back to the mountain where we had success in the past and felt safe. But in so doing, we thwart the plan of God to bring us into the promised land, into something a whole lot better. Jesus taught us, if you remember, to ask Him for our daily bread. I'm pretty sure no matter what version you look at, it doesn't say to ask us for our day-old bread. Right? Because there's always a discount on day-old bread, right? Because it's not as fresh. But Jesus said, ask for my daily bread, which means I'm going to give you brand new bread every day. You don't got to keep operating on what, I, what was you heard in the past. Keep depending upon me. I'm going to give you your, your wisdom and direction for your next move and your next step. We are to ask Him for our daily bread. We have to trust that God will give us fresh bread if we continue to seek Him and follow Him wherever He may lead. Thank God for the mountain experiences, but God's called us to press on, to continue the journey. Seeking fresh bread directly from God through daily prayer and meditation on His Word gives us direction and godly purpose. Certainly this church was willing to leave a mountain of familiarity when you broke with tradition and hiring someone outside of your denomination. That's how we got here. You hired someone who was seeking God and following His voice wherever He would lead us. And as you trusted God, the Spirit breathed new life and excitement into our journey together. We are so thankful to be part of this family together. But the journey continues. God is continuing to call us to new mountains and new places and new people. There is much work for the body of Christ to do in the world today. Yet with every vision for there is always a temptation to resist change. Resistance is often birthed out of an insecurity of some kind. For example, when we allow insecurity to lead us rather than the Holy Spirit, we always seek to return to the familiar instead of trusting God by faith with our future. And one of the things about insecurity is that when one seeks to return to the familiar and others are still moving forward, 
An insecure individual will attempt to get others to join him or her and return to the familiar so they themselves are not alone. Insecurity can cause people to over-control their surroundings and those around them so they can feel safe and not have to leave their familiarity in order to trust God and go forward. But this is nothing new. This is what the Israelites did when they first left Egypt, if you remember. They wanted to go back to the familiar. They wanted to go back to being in bondage because they were afraid in the wilderness. Even though God had something better for them, they said, why, didn't you, why couldn't we just go back and die in Egypt? Why, why were you left to die here? Let's go back to being in bondage. This is what the Pharisees did. When Jesus came, they were so comfortable in the knowledge of the law and their traditions that they resisted the eternal purposes of God and completely missed it when Jesus came to them in person. And even when Christ was crucified, His own disciples deserted Him and ran to cower in their fear instead of remaining faithful and trusting in God. The truth is that many choose to remain in their fear because it is familiar instead of trusting God with their future because it means they have to completely give up control in their lives to let God lead us. We have to give up the reins of our life if we're going to follow God. And that's a difficult thing to do. That's why it takes faith. What's that have to do with all of us? As we prayerfully seek a vision for this church, for such a time as this on the world stage, we must be able to thank God for the mountains but be willing to leave the mountain and follow God wherever He leads us. We cannot be so stuck in tradition that we miss what God is doing through the body of Christ today. There was a time when you would just have a church and you would invite everyone to come to church and that's how you would evangelize. How many know that people are not coming to church these days? Look at at the seats. I know there's a time when these are all filled. But this is not the only church like this in town. There are people who will not come to church. Remember, we are the church. The people, we need to go out and share God's truth and share His love and share His forgiveness. And you know, sometimes you ask God, how can you use me? And God said, I want to help. I want to teach you to share forgiveness. You say, great, God, I want to do that. And so then God will bring someone to your life that offends you. <laughs> that does something that really hurts and very unfair. And then you just, by the grace of God, not in your own strength, by the grace of God, you go to Him and you say, I forgive you. And it blows them away. Because they're expecting something a whole lot different. That's how the love of God is shared in one way. We need to be the church and go to the people, not expect the people to come to the church. That's our mission of leaving the mountain and going to the people because God has something greater for us and for His body. We must remain true to His Word and sensitive to the Spirit's leading but not be stuck in fear when God has called us to go. We cannot remain intimidated by those who resist change and resist giving up control. We are commanded to follow God by faith, allowing Him to lead the way. But as we go forward, we must balance our passion for pursuing God and continue to operate in His love towards others. Several years ago, I shared this recently with someone, but I was really offended by someone. And I just wanted to just, ugh! And so I, I'm, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to go to, that, go to that person and just let them know how I felt. So I started running. It was about a seven or eight mile run. And I don't know if you can tell by my figure, but I'm not a runner. <laughs> so I started running. And I was just so angry. I started off. And about not even the 
block down the road, God had me look down, and it was the fall, and there was chestnuts on the ground in their seeds. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those really pokey things? And I felt God say, pick that up. And so I picked it up, and it was very, you know, almost poking my hand, and God said, now continue your journey, but to hold that, hold that chestnut seed all the way the whole time. And so I had to find a way to use all this anger to run and push me all the way seven miles to this person, but also be gentle and holding this as well. Well, by the time I got there, I realized that I could use my passion to seek God, but still be graceful in dealing with people as well. And so by the time I got there, I fell down on the ground and just prayed for a while and totally forget, forgave that person. God had worked in my heart. So many times we think we've got to use our passion to bowl people over. We use our passion to pursue God, but we extend grace to other people. Amen? See, emotion is not the gasoline that fuels our energy to advance. What fuels our energy to extend towards people is love. Biblical love. Though we boldly go forward, we do so with humility and grace, leading with love. Thus, it's worth it to truly understand love from God's perspective because the world and the media and pictures and books have done a bad job telling us what love is. The love that we need is not the one defined by the world. Love is not a soft, touchy-feely emotion that is timid and quaint. It was love that sent Jesus to the cross for us. Biblical love is the most powerful and active force in the body of Christ. It is through God's love that we go forward in all we do. 1 Corinthians 13.4, I know you know these verses. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. With so many things fighting for our attention today, pulling us in different directions, we must choose to flow in the power of love. Not out of offense, or not out of proving our way, but to flow in the power of love. With God's grace, we tackle big challenges and difficult situations, but we do so with love. By being kind in the face of adversity. By remaining patient with when things don't go our way. And by maintaining a positive frame of reference. When we are continually being negative and always complaining, it means our love tanks are running dry. And we are trying to do things in our own strength, not trusting God. Not being in tune with the direction that He wants to take us. As we cast and follow a vision that God has for this church, we have to be patient. We have to lead with grace and with kindness. Yet we have to continue to go forward following God on the journey that He has for us. Verse 5, Love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love defines who we are and how we act, especially in challenging times. Anyone could be full of joy when all things are going well. But we must continue to lead with love through each adversity that we face. As we go forward, we must put our self-interests aside because one of the greatest self-interests is pride. Pride prevents some people from stepping aside and giving up control when God calls us to leave the mountain and go forward. Yet if we are truly leading with love, we put down our self-interests. It's not about us. It's about God. God is calling us. We are following God, so we put down our self-interest so we can honor Him and move forward as a united body. 
Verse 6, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. When we lead with love, we confront obstacles, but we believe for the best. And we believe the best about one another. It's only when we don't confront problems that we harbor offense with one another and fail to believe the best. Many people think that they need to, that they, they say this, they say, the Bible says to go to a person when you have a problem. Yes, it does. But it says go to that person that you may gain a brother or gain a sister. It doesn't say go to that person to prove that you are right. Right? We don't go to an argument, we go through an argument so that we could be stronger as a body. We are not called to be the ostriches who put our head in the sand and ignore things. We are to go through things to become better. Thank God that Jesus didn't go to the cross. Jesus went through the cross to give us life eternal. There are many difficult things we face and we cannot face them in our own strength, but if we lead with love, we will go through our adversities and come become a stronger body of Christ that God can use us in this world today. Love always trusts that God has the master plan. And as long as we continue in His Word and daily spend time in prayer and encourage one another to remain close to God, we will remain in His will. Loving God means we trust Him even when the road becomes unfamiliar. Love always hopes. It doesn't get bogged down by despair when challenges stall our way forward. Love always perseveres. It doesn't give up even though times are incredibly tough and challenging. We don't avoid obstacles. We trust God through the obstacles. We take our cue from Jesus. Even though the enemy tempted Him in the garden, Not to go to the cross, he persevered and pressed on. Matthew 26, 39, he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It's okay to share that frustration. God knows it's difficult. But nevertheless, we need to be reminded that our job is to press on and to press towards God and the goal that He has for us. It was love that drove Jesus forward. Love for you and for me. When we lead with love, we don't shrink back from challenges. We don't avoid confrontations. We don't get stuck in our fear. We persevere and press on that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of us. Love never fails. Therefore, by His love, we remain obedient to Him and continue to follow His lead. When God speaks to us that we have dwelt long enough at this mountain, we are not to resist or doubt or complain. We are to obey and set our journey towards Him, walking in love and sharing His message wherever we go. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You give us a word that we need to hear as daily bread that encourages us, that sustains us, that pushes us forward. We thank You for the mountains of our past. We thank You for the times of blessing and the traditions. But Lord God, we seek to be stuck to Your voice, to follow Your voice, to have a discernment of Your voice so that You can lead us forward. Thank You to have us put our self-interests aside that we can come together as a united body, worshiping You, I pray that Your Spirit would continue to hold this body together as we work with the body around the world 
lifting up your name, sharing the only message of hope that's available. Lord God, lead us, and we will follow. In Jesus' name, amen.